Did you listen to the the interview with Cumberbatch? Not yet, because okay. I, I, I got to watch that uh, Power, Power of the, the Dog. dog. Uh, he he fully warned me on uh, Monday when I was listening to him uh, that yeah that you that you should uh, and it is an interesting discussion but um, so I'm I'm not going to spoil anything for you uh, but when you're listening you should the the most important part of it is that Benedict Cumberbatch says biopic. <laughs> <laughs> Cumber, me and Cumberbatch. I'm just saying. You know what? Cumberbatch is a Cumberbitch, and he's wrong. <laughs> wow, wow! You 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 took it. Really, there. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pull up. You're gonna say that some, you know, some uh, Hollywood British Hollywood heavyweight um, is is rightier than everybody. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying anything specifically other than you're what's uh, wrong with America, man. Then, then clearly, you know, you're letting Hollywood call the shots. Are on the are on the same wavelength, you know. <laughs> you, hey, maybe if I hear someone, if I hear someone else say, you know, other than Benedict Cumberbatch say biopic, because you know it's it's British. I, I mean, uh, if I hear, you know, I, I'll admit I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. So, and I, I actually completely forgotten all about that until you brought it up. But here we <laughs> That's are. That's why I had to bring it up. Here so we I are back to... in. Uh, but uh, this is um, Mel Plapus. Indeed, it is. I'm Jared. I'm Jason. You can find us at mental mental underscore platypus. I got it right this time, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> on, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at this point. I'm so far out of social media. I, 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 I just don't even think. Uh, about I, I'm, it I'm happy that even though you can't pronounce a simple word like biopic, um, correctly, that you still, re- you still remember our, um, social media handles. Indeed. Yeah. Biopic. Yeah. It's like myopic. You don't say myopic. <laughs> Okay. Let's just. We're gonna. We need to. We need to. We need to. We need to address the biopic. I think we need to address it. We need to address the biopic in the room. Like, if the term had ever been coined in this life, and like biopic meant something like, um, like an eye disease or something. (laughs) Um. Which is sort of like my gag, my 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 gig now. Uh, when when we're not, you know, doing repartee over the over the mics, mm-hmm. um, I would say yes, you're right. It's biopic, but biography, bio, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then pick. You put them together, it's biopic. Well, but I'm you not don't... saying that you and Cumberbatch are wrong, but I'm just. But you say biography. You don't say biography. Bio, <laughs> pick. All right, you know what? You just l- let me and Cumberbatch pronounce things how we're going to pronounce them. What and- should? No, uh, this isn't. We're not talking about like what would make it easier to to do it right. Should should <laughs> to avoid confu- for for you and your friend Benedict, um, or do you call him Benny? Uh, Benny only, in the jet. Oh, I was- <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm the jet. 
<laughs> when you're a jet, you're a jet all oh, the way. <laughs> um, um, Which apparently... Do you do like a dash like side, in between bio and pick? And, side, uh, side thing. Apparently, um, Spielberg's uh, West Side Story is a masterpiece. Apparently. I, uh, I've, you know... The... Um, for someone who doesn't go on the internet very often, um, you seem to know an awful lot about what film Twitter is saying. Well, I didn't. See, it was just kind of like in my feed of Google news stories. Yeah, apparently, first reactions are like, "It's good," and a lot of it, I think, has to do with uh, Kushner's script um, and well, casting. He's, he's no lightweight, that Kushner. Yeah, um, and casting. Yeah. Uh, Ansel Ansel Elgort aside. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, um, the the cast is a stunner, um, and I think everyone but Spiel, I think everyone um, like Yana's Kaminsky gets cre- you know get credit, and Kushner gets credit for the script, and mm-hmm. of course um, Steven Seinheim, R.I.P. R-A-P yeah, uh, um, does a uh, um, you know. Gets thing, but you know Spielberg himself. I guess I guess he gets credit because he put it all together. But like it's all these little halves just made this beautiful whole. I I, I mean I'm not going to run to the theater to see it because you know yeah Omicron. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, I think it's it's Omicron. But uh, uh, speaking uh, of, I think we're we're both scheduled to get our boosters this weekend. So uh, yeah, you know, make sure that you're you're out there doing your thing. Get your um, ouchie ouchie, as I uh, yeah, as I tell my my oldest, who's also getting his second shot. Fauci ouchie. Yeah, he, he thinks that's it's so funny. Like, why do they call it Fauci ouchie? <laughs> like, because <laughs> it's a shot and it's doctor. Yeah, and he says, "Who's Doctor Fauci?" And I have to explain. Um, <laughs> That sounds like a fun conversation for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to to get even more of this of this repartee, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash hoot and waddle, put down a Finsky, uh, and uh, that's a that's a fiver, whatever, right? It's a, what we call a Jackson. No, that it's a Lincoln, right? Oh yeah, Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Get your get your. Your president's right. I mean, if you want to put down a Jackson, that's cool. Um, I mean, you can. There's a, a maybe you shouldn't have corrected me, but maybe yeah. I I don't know. I I, I have trouble as, as much work goes into this and as worthwhile an endeavor as I think it is, and and so forth. I also still have trouble thinking that people ought to be paying for anything. But there are bills to pay, and uh, you know, support would be nice. So patreoncom slash waddle, Five bucks a month, you get a bonus podcast. Um, this last month was uh, oh, succession spoilers, yeah. and uh, next know yet. To, uh, the, the well, we're doing be... December is going to be songbook because we moved our oh, that's right, that's, moved our that's songbook right. discussions. I, I finally, I can't have, I I can't put off the the suicide chapter any longer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, <laughs> but. But now we have paying customers. Right, exactly. (laughs) We can't let them down. Right, so we're moving Songbook into the Patreon. So there you go. Uh, Yeah, that's enough top of the show. Well, no, uh, LTD underscore engagement. uh, Oh, well, yeah, that's less important than yours, which is JCE Kyle, K-E-I-L on Twitter and Instagram because you're actually active there. Uh, Active to a degree. Like if you want to read some stuff I do, um, whether uh, or... Um, anything of that, um, definitely pay a visit. 
I, occasionally, I, on the other hand, am completely inactive on there. So I occasionally, uh, you know, uh, pop in on Twitter and uh, have some witty repartee and um, pop not you know, pop culture facts and uh, keen observations, and most of the rest is just shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean. That that's just how social media is, right? Most of the rest of it is just shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I um, I've had a few interesting discussions about the Beatles because that's been the topic of the last week for those who have Disney Plus subscriptions. Yeah, and we were talking earlier off off mic. I'm just having trouble um, really getting, you know getting into the kind of space where I can just have that on for nine hours or whatever, however yeah. long it is. Yeah. It's it like, I, as I was telling you too, like I've, I, I fully suspected I would be done with that by last week, but mm. I have to work up the, I have to work up to get to part three, which I know like, that's the good part. That's the concert. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not, not going to spoil an event that happened over 50 years ago. Um, <laughs> like, whoa, but, spoiler but, alert, please. But, but the documentary ends with a concert on the rooftop. Yeah, you know, duh. Um, well, and you know what? Sorry, guys, the Beatles break up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, George comes back, uh, and, and but then and he doesn't come back <laughs> until right. he doesn't. Yeah, two, two of them... Uh, uh, are not around anymore. I don't know if you knew that too. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, George comes back, and he doesn't come back, and then he really doesn't come back. <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. Um, some things have have passed, as it were. <laughs> My <laughs> sweet lord, that was a, <laughs> that was a <laughs> that that was that, that was actually even better. But um, you, you you set me up, bud. Puns about the passing of one of the the great songwriters and guitarists um, aside, <laughs> we 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 need to to get into talking about our our uh, focus for this episode, which is um, the album of one Amy Mann. Yeah, the and recent that's one. that's kind of why I was getting into because so yesterday Queens of the Summer Hotel. So I kind of so I thought since we started doing it in this format, usually. When you do the album Infinitum, check your local podcasts. Yeah, people yeah. are apparently still listening to that one. Yeah. Um, you were always the prepared one. Mm-hmm. You would do a deep dive into the lyrics. You you know, knew who was into I the crew. You well, had it was notes in, and everything. It was in stark contrast to uh, both What the Fork and, and Limited Engagement, where I did no prep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, you were very prepped, and I thought... Well, now that we're going to do this format where we do deep dives into things that we want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought I was going to be the prepared one. So I, so after we got done recording last week's episode, I went over to Bookman's um, because I was going to like, I'm going to read Girl Interrupted. I'm going to do all this other stuff. And guess what? You'll never guess. You didn't read Girl Interrupted. Yeah, you know why? Because I thought there would be like all these dog-eared copies. Oh, not a single, not a single copy, copy at Bookman's. Interesting. And at that point, I'm like, I give up. <laughs> I I knew that I was never going to read the. Um, I was never going to read that book. Yeah, and then 
No, I no. mean, not okay. Yeah, I, I, sh- I should walk that back a little bit because it's not that I'm never going to read it. Period. Mm-hmm. There may be a point at which I decide to go ahead and tackle it, but I was I knew I was not going to read it in time to record this episode. Something else that I kind of want to throw out there before we we really dive in and, and kind of pick this album apart is that I just want to flat out state that I think it's the best Amy Mann album since Bachelor Number Two. I would say that it's the best one since. Smilers. Interesting. So Smilers for you is uh, I mean, it's... I mean... It's got some great songs on it. No, I mean, Bachelor Number 2 is like, that's the peak. Yeah. But I like Smilers, like, a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... Oh, um... But, yeah, I, I, I... It's the first one I've been interested... Like I, I've wanted that's captured my attention for a long time. Like yeah. mental illness, I listened to it once. I was broken, like just a broken. You know, I, I can't. It's, it's both both this album, you know, Queens of the Summer Hotel, and mental illness. They're not easy listens. No, but um. So again, back to where my 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 I, I gotta lead in the story yeah, sure. is that so. As I'm getting prepared, like I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to read Girl Interrupted. So I'm going to sort of go back and listen to Mason Amy Man stuff and, um, and listen to this album a lot. Um, and the reason why I'm looking for Girl Interrupted is because this Queens of the Summer Hotel is based on the memoir that, um, the movie is based on. Um, it's not based on the movie. It's based on the book um, where right. the author goes to see a psychiatrist and commits her. Um, yeah. And to, I don't know if we, if we mentioned it, but I, I happen to have it up while you continue your story. Um, so last, so, but yesterday I went into, um, I kind of went really deep into Amy Mann and I found this article in the guardian mm-hmm. um, by Laura Snapes. Right. Um, and in my mind was Susanna Kaysen is the author of girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mind was kind of blown for like a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And it definitely, well, this article will probably inform a lot of the discussion that we have. So I'm sure our, our boy Jared uh, will put a link in the show notes. Yes, I will. Um, but um, <laughs> for one, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea she was in ministry. <laughs> That's that was a mind blower. That was, I mean, and it's just kind of glossed over real quick because the article has nothing to do with that whatsoever. But I, yeah, I was, I was also thrown by the fact that, and and now I need to know like what role, however brief it was, what role did she play in ministry? Well, it's funny when you Google Amy Mann in ministry, mm-hmm. like the only thing that comes up is that um, we were talking off mic about how um, Till Tuesday is Amy Mann's group. Mm-hmm. Um, before she went solo, um, she um, did had you know voices carry that the song is supposedly inspired by a member of the band that she did, uh. um, and uh, to, according to said member of the band, like mm-hmm. it's about me. Okay, guys, <laughs> <laughs> like and it's just very matter of fact of like, like it's in Rolling Stone, like like one of these clickbait articles in like Rolling Stone or something like yeah yeah. It's about me, and don't worry. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. This is not. This is true. 
don't worry, guys. I get along with all of my exes. <laughs> <laughs> like, no wonder you broke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no wonder she went to Michael Penn because he's a little more sensitive. Well, you know, I was thinking about that because I, I also... Um, after reading your uh, the article you sent me from the Guardian, I also you know started looking into a few more of the interviews she's been doing around this album, and you know I've decided that uh, relationship goals for me might be you know uh, that that I'm looking for the Amy Man to my Michael Penn. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> good luck, man. Yeah, I know. Good luck. I know. I wish you. I wish you nothing but. I wish you nothing but luck with that. Because yeah, I, I want happiness for you. I feel like, you know, if I think about it from a pop music standpoint, um, both in my, you know, how I have a tendency to get kind of dark and, uh, you know, cynical and, uh, you know, my political leanings and uh, a lot of my own, how I'm my own harshest critic on a lot of things. I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of like a Michael Penn, actually. Yeah. You're Heathcliff. That's not bad. I, I, you know what? I'm even wearing black jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Romeo. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I, but I always have to keep in mind that maybe she's just looking for someone to dance with. <laughs> and <laughs> this has been Michael Penn Minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, if you don't know what song we're talking about, <laughs> um, you, you weren't born. Yeah, you weren't born in 1989. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> you weren't, born, we weren't born in 1989 yeah. either. But yeah, um, you, you weren't around in 1989 when that song was freaking inescapable. If you if you've never heard No Myth, um, you know, here's the thing. Just um, it's it's something called taste, and you might want to acquire it. Oh. Sick burn. <laughs> that's that's right. That's that's all this hot this podcast is hot takes and sick burns. <laughs> You're gonna need some neosporin for that, pal. So uh, anyway, um, so the point is that you know she was in ministry, um, and however brief, yes, I'm assuming it was a very. Well, brief it's funny. Like I even like looked it up and, um. Like I looked up on like try to look up on Wikipedia because I don't know shit about ministry other than yeah I'm not I've never been a ministry you know, fan metal industrial band and, right um and um yeah you know, there's no mention of her or any of it like I just mm-hmm. assumed that maybe she was in it for like a week yeah who knows maybe she was on a tour or something yeah it seems unlikely that she's credited on an album anywhere I doubt um, like and it's like a one like before the band I think even right. But she was then she was in like these other bands before she was until Tuesday, some uh which to varying degrees of success and um Well, but, I mean she famously guested on a Rush album. You know, so. <laughs> the, yes, the one piece of Amy Mann's work I have never listened to because I have to listen to Rush. <laughs> I listened to that one song. I'm still not a Rush fan. Yeah. It, it did I, not make me a convert. I can't I can't understand why. What what is it about drum solos and amazing guitars and Canadian mysticism don't you like? <laughs> uh, I, I think all of those things you just mentioned, actually. Yeah. But, uh, all I think of when I think of Rush is um, 
is is uh shit what which pavement song is it is it um is it is it um shit what one is it when he something about the voice of getty lee uh anyway oh man i'm gonna be looking that up while you're talking more okay but um so another thing um so um the other thing is that she talks about um the so the 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 basis of this album queens of the summer hotel um is not only about the memoir um not the movie girl interrupted um, which also has a connection to the Bond franchise because it's produced by Barbara Broccoli. Barbara Broccoli. That was a mind blower. Um, and for those who are familiar with Girl Interrupted, it takes place in a um, um, an asylum um, or a, you know a, um, a mental facility. Um, and the big reveal um, in this article is that Amy Mann. After it's gotta be stereo. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, what about? Oh, that's yeah, it's stereo. What about the voice of Getty Lee? How did he get so? How did it get so high? I wonder if he speaks like an ordinary guy. I know him, and he does. And you're my fact checking cuz. <laughs> <laughs> that's I. You know, I mean, I'm gonna I, listen to Payment all the way home today. It's from Bright in the Corners, which is you know. Basically, when they're on their sort of downward trajectory post um, wowie zowie, but yeah, that's I still love that. This song. is going to be the perfect palate cleanser because this week <laughs> has been nothing but mel- melodic sadness and depression. Yeah, so um, the just to sort of encapsulate that, it does briefly recap the the genesis of the album being that um, that it, it it was inspired by. You know, she was contacted by Broccoli and her ex-husband and their daughter, who are the producers of the show, uh, to to write songs for the musical. I was reading in uh, not the Guardian article, but the Paste interview that she did, uh, that at this point, the show is in the hands of some of a director who wanted to go in a less musical direction. So it, we don't even know if the musical itself is going to ever come to fruition. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons for the album's appearance mm-hmm. uh, is to get those songs out because they may otherwise never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Which is good because what's, and, and, but a lot of it too, she had a lot of you know personal material to draw from because the big reveal in this article is that she too, after Bachelor number two, the tour, mm-hmm. She um, she had to check into Sierra Tucson. There's, I mean, there's for PTSD. A, a couple of heavy revelations in this because not only is, is does it bring up that, uh, it also brings up the uh, how just prior to the making of this album, she'd been battling uh, a, a nervous system disorder that made it so that she could not play music. Yeah. Like it affected her ears. It affected. Yeah. She was having uh, migraines all the time mm-hmm. and, uh, and unable to, yeah, unable to, to play music, unable to, to, to have really any sensory input. She talks about having, um, uh, now I'm going to get the two articles mixed up, but I think I was reading this part in the, in the paste article that she couldn't, like, she couldn't watch TV. She couldn't do anything that had like an auditory or, or visual input. So she was just reading a lot. Yeah. And, um, it was thanks to an Instagram ad. <laughs> yeah. That was, 
I think that blew her mind too because she yeah. was talking about having picked up a sweater from Instagram, you know, an Instagram ad, and having found the app that helped her, uh, you know, figure out, like, I guess, kind of self-diagnose what the the problem was. Yeah, which I found was like that's. Um there's a reason for you to um, embrace social media. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. But what's interesting about that, too, is that that in her journey with, with that and, and really figuring out what the root cause of her, her problems were is, you know, very uh, apropos for the, the album subject matter, too, because mm-hmm. she's, she went to see doctors, one of whom uh, prescribed her a medication for essentially you know something that she didn't have yeah uh and it made things worse uh the yeah it 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 did um (laughs) so which if if you listen to the album and and really pay attention to the to the lyrics there's you know that song 15 minutes could have been (laughs) oh god that give me 15 uh like and just how melodically they talk about electric shock shock therapy. Um, It's just, um, I I don't know what to think. Like it's, it's like, it's brings some cheer to like electric shock therapy, which um, I've never endured it, but I've seen recording for a dream. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, so, so I, I mean, it doesn't look pleasant. That's another thing that I wanted to bring up about this album uh, is is that it is it is in no way an easy listen. Which I was, you know, talking talking about this and and mental illness. Um, the the author, so, so here I, I guess while you're thinking of that, mm-hmm. I still. I'm not eager to listen to mental illness um, anytime soon um, because of this. But I have listened to this album about God, maybe ten times now. I was I was going to say conservatively twenty. I've I've listened to it a lot, um, a lot through headphones. Which uh, I think this is a really good headphone album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it's very backrack. There's a lot of backrack. I was also thinking Nielsen a little bit. Yeah. Um, and his more, you know, not not so much in the in the the poppy kind of vein, but a lot of that very, uh, very. It, it sounds like it could have been an, an album dropped in the '60s or '70s. You know, it's like if the point were taking place at a mental institution. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you're the Nielsen. Like that's I, like I'm. I, I want, it's kind of like the point where like it has the structure. Um, but instead of talking, you know, being this album for kids, it's an album for um, adults and it's about mental illness and electric shop therapy. Um, but um, uh, where was I going with this? Um, but I, but after this article now, like I'm, I'm real like I I'm realizing how I'm eager to listen to like Lost in Space again. Right. With an album that the- I you know don't listen to very often because I feel like it's a retread of Bastion number two. Sonically, Mo- sonically it, it, yes. it feels that way for sure. But 
Uh, and and if you want to hear some in depth discussion, more in depth discussion on on these albums that we're we're talking about here, there is the podcast album Infinitum. Uh, one of the episodes Jason was on, uh, and uh, but uh, it, there's a discussion of 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 her entire discography of Amy Mann's discography from uh, from whatever all the way up through mental illness. Yeah, it's. Um yeah, I, I know it's this whole article has made me want to reassess the the catalog from Lost in Space on. And, well, but, and I, I the, and I think that um, when I was researching that album, and this this had not been out there yet, that that it was her uh, a lot of what she was writing came out of uh, her experience at Sierra Tucson. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. I feel like a lot of her discography and a lot of the stories that she's come up with. Yeah. Like, uh, probably the exception being Forgotten Arm, though. Well, could, because Forgotten Arm's a concept album, really. Yeah, but it could be about someone she met. Could at be Sierra Tucson. Uh, the the thing about Lost in Space was that there is such a there's a really uh, heavy focus in there on uh, on on drugs too. Yeah, um, and you know, self medicating. Um, and trying to get there's a lot of of allusions to uh, to trying to break through to somebody who is is uh, like having difficulty seeing that they are having a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the light of 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 this article of what she's talking about in this article, uh, you gotta you do kind of have to go back and well you don't have to but I certainly want to go back and, and reassess those lyrics in light of how much of that is her kind of trying to write through what she was going through at the time. I guess because what's so brilliant about Amy Mann and the way she writes is that I just assume that she's, I mean, in that Costello style that she's writing about or even Nick Lowe or, and squeeze to this degree that I assume she's running at people she knows. Yeah. People she knows are just sometimes just essentially writing a, a story, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's that at no point she's actually writing about herself though. You know, I've hung out with you enough now to know that a lot of squeezes here, you know, lyrics are about Chris Difford being drunk. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, but I mean, a lot of the, you know, and his own domestic troubles and, and, and that kind of thing, but also, um, but a lot of the, for instance, a lot of the character stories on, especially Argy Bargy and mm. Cool for Cats and also East Side Story were definitely people that were kind of in their circle. I think it's yeah. once you get past East Side Story that a lot of those, a lot of the the lyrics are different working through his own issues from kind of that point on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it was, it was sprinkled in with, with still some, some more character driven vignettes, but uh, I wanted to, I, I pulled up the lyrics for 15 minutes and it, it's, it's interesting because I mean, and I was reading about this in the paste article also. And I thought that, uh, well, actually it wasn't the paste article. There was a review of the album and paste that was separate uh, that I, I, and, and something that, and I really just kind of skimmed through it, but there was a part of it that caught my eye being that this feels like, um, uh, like an, an anthology collection, you know, that's, it's, 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 if it were to be a series, it would just be, you know, 
like one of those things where each song is its own character kind of thing or, or following the progression of those characters. Mm-hmm. And I thought 15 minutes, it, some of the, and I'm spending a fair amount of time talking about one of the songs that I, I don't, that I'm not crazy about necessarily because I, as much as I like the music, uh, I, I think that the, the lyrics are, are a little lacking sometimes. Uh, but the, give me 15 minutes I'll, val- I'll evaluate a lady at a glance with only 15 minutes you're committed for the crime of lacking pants I'm like that's that's just amy man having some fun with wordplay yeah i mean that song like and then if you like further down there's the the fun lyric about getting set for electric shock right um, well and women who complain about the time they're seen seeing a different tune when they're on thorazine yeah like, that's uh, that's that's just some classic man mm-hmm. uh, but i mean another theme uh, of this of the music and of a man's work and a man's life is that like in it's definitely mentioned full in the articles like in the 60s and 70s like a woman's aspiration apparently was to be a wife and a mother mm-hmm. and not to be a rock star um or anything like this so like if you if this wasn't your aspiration mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of your other options and it you know right um and you know it's, it's the article delves into her life with like being kidnapped and yes um, which which is some that was not a revelation to me she had talked about that on on uh her wtf interview so i'd heard that before but she does use it to talk about how she got her her PTSD diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. The way that she talks about that in the interview is... Because I, I don't know if I've talked about this on mic or not, but I, I had done, uh, done a little therapy over the last couple of years, and uh, I was also diagnosed with PTSD. Um, and it had to do with with some childhood trauma Mm. uh, and how you don't think necessarily, I mean, you go through these things and they're absolutely intrinsically intertwined with, with how you perceive the world and how you function or don't function and the relationships you have as an adult relationships I've had as an adult. Certainly I don't want to speak for anybody else. You know, I, I I never thought about you 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 hear a diagnosis of PTSD and you're like that's not possible. I'm not. I I didn't go through war. I didn't have uh you know that kind of experience. That's that to me is like a soldier's on the battlefield coming home from there kind of thing. I I, I wouldn't think of that as it's the sort of thing where you like that that sort of thing doesn't happen to just you know a person like me. Mm-hmm. But then when you start to unpack it after that, once you get over the initial shock of that, uh, yeah, I, I, there is no denying it. Yeah, I, I I didn't think about that either. I mean, I, and just thinking about some, you know, the last, I know it's funny is that I was approached um, a couple weeks ago by a French journalist who had read this essay I 
did um, for the Huffington Post um, about my mental state after my kids were born. Um, and made me start thinking about, and she asked me some questions like, well, how did this get caused? And, you know, like, what do you think was the cause? And uh, I am, um, and I just lost stuff that happened. I know my dad's listening. God, <laughs> uh, like just stuff that maybe parent my, you know, happened in my childhood. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to repeat. And when I see sometimes myself, displaying these traits, whether it be telling bad jokes <laughs> or um, I'm afraid I don't want history to repeat itself. I not that my dad's not a good guy. Everyone like does the best they can. You know, well, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm sure. Well, I mean, knowing you're I, or having met your dad, you've met my dad. I, He's I'm just, sure he did. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I, I take issue with the, the idea that, that everybody does the best they can. I don't think that they do. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, um, you're absolutely right. I, I know from what little I know about your childhood that your dad probably wasn't the best guy. He, he probably was not doing the best. Yeah. I, and, and we don't need to get, I, I don't want to <laughs> unpack that here on Mike, but no, that's, that's, yeah. that's very true. Um, um, but there, I mean, mistakes were made in helicopter to that. And, um, but I didn't think like it's every once in a while, like something happens and like, I have to, like, I'll just cry. I, when I was going through it, when my kids were born, I would just cry just uncontrollably. And I wouldn't know why. And, and I've been thinking about that like the last two weeks, like going, I, like I've been through like, you wouldn't think that something like I, didn't, and you're right. I didn't go through war. I didn't, um, but I certain I've experienced some things that have affected, and I know have affected how I deal with people, both people that I love and, mm-hmm. um, and I could have done a lot better and I see that now. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know exactly where I was going with this, but like, I, I reading that interview and just thinking, like, to have the foresight to know that I have, you know, she has this problem and she needs help, mm-hmm. and to take this extreme way and thank God. Yeah. Uh, so, but um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It's it, we're, we're all but, going through shit, man. Right. I know, and I think that when you do have when you do have a, a, a an artistic or creative way of processing things that um, that 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 is I don't know that that's sort of the go to f- way to to kind of try to work some things out and and it's something that I have you know realized over the last few years that that it may not necessarily be the healthiest way of doing things, you know, that, that having that creative outlet while great, uh, is not perhaps the healthiest way of processing things that just, you know, ultimately it, it does take some, some, you know, deep introspection and mm-hmm. deconstruction and probably, you know, professional help. And there is really still, 
I, I think perhaps and and you know wonderfully less so now, but you know, and neither one of us is terribly old, but still, I think that there was at least it, throughout my life a feeling of there being a shame or stigma to uh, to seeking uh, help. For, for mental issues. Uh, for, there still is. Yeah. Well, I mean, there definitely still is, but it's, it's I think, I feel like it's more of a, an open discussion, much more open discussion now than it ever was uh, at, at any point, you know, through, through most of my life. Yeah. I mean, when I've talked about some of the issues I've experienced in the last few years, like in articles I've written, um, the, um, the comment section is like, reason enough to not ever want to open up like that mm-hmm. because it's just a bunch of people saying toughen up and <laughs> sure. Yeah. Stop being such a fucking pussy. Yeah. Um, and shit like, and, um, well, it was worse is, um, because this is Huffington post and they have, you know, bureaus of the they reuse content. Um, and they, <laughs> The span the the Spain's version of the website not only gave like a bad translation of the article, but they mm. tagged me in it. Oh, so I got to deal with like the stigma this in Spain mm-hmm. um, and different language on Twitter. Yeah, you know, I had to like silence the conversation. Like going, what just happened? Like yeah. that just surprised me, and um, like and it's. Like even man says, like it's the same for. It's the same. It was the same for her. Mm-hmm. Like in the sixties and so, like in the late sixties and seventies, if you weren't, and, and, and it's talked about in, uh, it's talked about in the album too. Like if you if your aspiration wasn't to either become a wife, a mother, or a Roosevelt, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you use to borrow the song title, then there's something wrong with you, right? And you're either like you can go one of two ways. You can um, be a um, an old maid, which oh my gosh, like a, a, a single woman. <laughs> how how dare you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you know, there's electric shock, right? Um, and um, yeah, I. Um, I like how the article, I like it not only the article, but the album, you know, brings it up like nothing's changed. It's just the therapies have changed, but the stigmas haven't. Yeah. I, it changes slow. Uh, I, 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 I think that there are some things that I, I think that there are some things that have changed. Like I was saying, I, I feel like there's an opportunity you know, at least to have a much more open discussion than, than there has ever been before. But, you know, as those of us that are still around who have gone, you know, through the time leading up to now, it's, there's, there's still a lot of trying to, to shake that, uh, that perception, uh, that has been ingrained in, in, uh, society for such a long time. Um, the like this album with the with the topics it broaches mm-hmm. 
Um, it is kind of go down with a spoonful of sugar. Would you not agree? Like with the melodies. So yeah, let's let's talk. This is. I again go back to saying that this is not an easy listen, unless you completely ignore the lyrics because sonically it's a gorgeous album. Mm-hmm. I mean, if and you this ignore- is where I'm saying like it's really this is where it comes into being for me her best since Bachelor Number Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have. I mean, it is nice to hear about Sylvia Plath and while during a waltz. Well, and again, I think that I don't. I mean, know, it's a waltz, right? Yeah, with with as many as with as many times as I've listened to this album, I don't think there's any guitar on this album. No, it's no, I don't think there is either. And she has done that before. I want to say, uh, was it Smilers or was it? Uh, it might have been uh, uh, Charmer. There's definitely um, there's one there's other Amy Mann. There's there's well there's one other uh, Amy Mann album that also has no guitar. It might be Charmers. Um, it might be Charmer. And it's and this is a much better album than that, I think. But the 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 piano is four is at the four, and there's some great orchestration. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I spent some time trying to find the uh who was playing on on the album and i i couldn't find it um, on this one on 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 queens of the summer hotel mm-hmm. uh because i wanted to know who was playing the piano mm-hmm. uh i don't think that it's amy Mann. she's always talked about how she's not a pianist how she her piano skills what she has are very rudimentary um that she's a bassist and guitarist first so i i don't think that it's her necessarily but i don't i don't know who it is i do know that the orchestrations were done by paul bryan who also produced the album yeah that's what i was, gonna, that's what I was looking at. i'm like i assume it's all paul bryan i mean it's possible but unfortunately you know i don't have liner notes for it and i've only listened to it on spotify because you know I, it's not on vinyl yet it's not on vinyl yet it got delayed until january so um you know, it may be worth revisiting just to kind of uh, you know, cement, uh, you know, who's playing on what. But that aside, it, it is, you know, that that's where the kind of backrack feel comes into it. I think uh, with a lot of that piano at the four, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's where I've, I you know, sonically the the closest cousins to this style are. The, the more kind of lush 60s and 70s albums. I'm thinking of like maybe like a Laura Nero album or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but once then you start to get into the lyrics, I, I, I really, because again, in, in, uh, at, at risk of revealing too much of myself on the podcast, it's been a really rough couple of years. And I know it's been, it's been rough for a lot of people. Uh, the you know the whole thing of of the the pandemic and lockdown um and you know but just for myself personally having you know and i have yeah i've i've dated a a few women over the last couple of years but essentially i i have been alone that entire time um and especially that time where of isolation just by myself and part of that coping mechanism is that you know to try to convince myself how much i enjoy the solitude and there you know there there is a lot of it that i just naturally gravitate towards 
but it also unfortunately leaves a lot of space to to be in your own head and when you're somebody like me being in my, in your head too much can can you know get uh dark dark pretty fast yeah i think yeah. dark is a good word for it so and i to hear and she brings this up in the in the interview too the guardian one in the um the she talks about having had moments uh where suicidal ideation was you know in her in her mind and i you know i i didn't i i, I don't i would stop short of saying that i was actually suicidal but i definitely went through extended bouts where I, I had trouble seeing what the point of my own existence was and what, uh, you know, real moments of feeling like, you know what, if I were to just not be here anymore, who would really be affected by that? Mm-hmm. Um, and any like meaningful and, and, and to have a lot of trouble um, coming up with compelling reasons for, for, being alive. Yeah. Uh, and so I, to listen to this album at, while well, I feel I'm still in the middle of some of that, uh, I, I had, I, I couldn't get through it all the way the first time I tried to listen to it. Um, and, and I have since gotten through it all the way a number of times, but every time I get to something like suicide, like is suicide is murder, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I, 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 you know, I, as much as this is meant to be the experiences of women at the time of, of Girl Interrupted, uh, there was a lot that I couldn't help but see of myself in there. Yeah. And that's same here. Like I, um, that, that song's a gut punch. Um, like, and I was just thinking, like, has there ever been a song like that before? And I'm like, oh, yeah, the theme for MASH. Um, <laughs> the Harold Mod soundtrack. Sure. <laughs> like, um, um, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it's been tough to listen to Elliot Smith a lot lately. It's been tough to listen to, uh, to anything by Jason Molina lately. Um, there, there are those artists that definitely have... Mm-hmm. have gone into this this territory yeah jeff buckley uh yeah yeah uh you know it's um yeah i, I um it's and that's why i i don't like again i don't know i think because of the melodies like the way they're written mm-hmm. i'm able to process it and also that um a little bit better than say mental illness i've been like that's been like my that's been my question this week to myself is what makes this why do i love this one so much and not mental illness and maybe it's just because i think it's maybe it's because she's writing about a book I've never read and a movie mm-hmm. I've barely seen, which is based on a movie I've barely seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can put some distance between it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
whereas mental illness is clearly, you know, first person, you know, um, well, uh, and to, to speak to, to, to that, I, I feel like, um, with, but like songs like suicide, you know, it's murder. And, uh, what's the last song, the last big song. Um, I can't think of it. Oh, I see you. Yeah. The very last song. Yeah. That one's the, the thing with mental illness that I kept going back to, um, you know, there, there were, there were a couple of songs that I kept going back to a lot. One was, was you never loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially, especially that opening verse of boy, when you go, you go 3000 miles just so I'll know you never loved me. You know, mm-hmm. that, that got me every time. And then, Goose Snow Cone with the um, the the chorus of gotta keep it together when your friends come by always checking the weather but they want to know why even birds of a feather, feather find it hard to fly um, yeah or look, looking into the face of the Goose Snow Cone I could pick up the pace but I couldn't go on I just wanted a place but I ended up gone I listened to that song a lot over, oh, the, you know, the years since that album has come out, I, that song has been in heavy rotation, and every time it just it wrecks me. Yeah, I, this week's been hard, and I think because, well, personally, it's like pop culture wise, like watching Succession with Kendall. Oh yeah, when <laughs> when Kendall comes to the harsh realization that no one likes him, right, and. Some people for well, good reason. And- I, I think that it's not only the harsh realization that nobody likes him, but just the understanding that... He's driven a lot of these people away. Well, I, I think it's also just that stark realization of you are not the person that you have made yourself out to be. Yeah. You're not the myth that, you know, that you've bought into for mm-hmm. so long to have any of that shattered. And again, apologies for spoilers of succession. We're not getting into specifics really, but for anybody, when they, when you get to that point of just that sudden disconnect and you find yourself floating out there on your own, almost outside of your own body, looking down and being like this, this is unsustainable. This is not, you know, this, this, this person that I have been for so long, this, the, the, you know, all of these, all of these things, all these relationships that I've built up and, and, uh, you know, that it's all, it's all just vapor and none of it is, none of it is real. And I, you know, speak me speaking as a character but also moments that i've gotten to is you know i am not real at this point and what what is real and who am i and to have just that total existential break with yourself is is incredibly painful to go through Mm. and Mm. nobody can truly i don't think go through it with you yeah and And you just feel fundamentally alone yeah and and seeing all those things this album and um like it just like you could have been a, like as much like as like there's some truth behind like you could have been a Roosevelt like you could have you know uh, you well, see there's, like there's waste so of potential many things that I want to point to you know yeah. in the opening song which is fantastic um, you fall the the lines 
Uh, but you've got to admit that the membrane is thin, so you patch where it's split with your hairspray and pin, and that's the last thing holding you in the universe's delicate skin. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. That's, it, it's... We're all hanging on by a hair, man. Yeah. That's just... Um, I know, we could go on, I think. We should probably put a pen in this. <laughs> well, there there are some favorite songs of this album that I want to you know bring mm-hmm. up specifically at the Frick Museum. Oh yeah, uh, I love the the melody of that. Um, it, you know, uh, it, just the the story of that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really really liked the OCD. Uh, you know, just very. That um, the what is it called? Hang on, it's uh, check, um, and it's just the repetition of click, turn the knob, swish, open the door, checks, swish, click, turn the knob, swish, open the door, checks, and it just mm-hmm. that she somehow manages to capture the madness of that. Yeah, and you know the 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 the. the um, and the way that that melody too, because there's a a, a, a reprise of it um, uh, later on in the album, and just hearing the music on its own, you can still you get the idea that that person is still out there doing the same thing that they were three songs ago, mm-hmm. and they've probably been doing it this entire time, and they can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really well executed. That that song, the very that song that just floats by, uh, uh, I think it's like a minute something. Uh, Home by now, which is about incest. Yeah. Uh, you know the that last that last verse is just devastating. My daddy loves me. He's my Liebchen. I'm his Eine Kleine Frau. So draw the curtains and read the sign above you. If you lived here, you'd be home by now. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's so, it's such a brief, um, brief discussion of it, but it manages to, you know, that this person is so broken and they feel the, the lines of, uh, you know, he calls it Daisy's little love nest, but I have no interest in any other man but him. Yeah. I, the, it's, it's. It's fucking crazy. Um, uh, the highlights for me are Robert Lowell and Sylvia Plath. That's a great one. I like that a lot. I like that one more than I thought I would. Um, um, I, I mean, well, the yeah. Now, now you're can... split in two, and each side still isn't you, and you know how that sounds, but it keeps being true. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I see you, and um, you're lost. I, those are just. I mean, suicide, murder, of course, is just. It's a gut punch. It is, but it's an amazing song. And the video is great, too. Yeah. The Tim Heidecker directed. Mm -hmm. um, It's, yeah, it's it's really good at capturing, you know, Amy Mann's videos in general, she's really good at at collaborating with people who who manage to just nail the sentiment of what she's It's from hanging out like that. um, It's from hanging out with that Largo crowd for so long. Well, uh, yeah, and the comedians in general. There's that, but then also she's worked with. Um, oh, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Best show. Um, um, 
Oh, um, you know who I'm talking about. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Like, where's Woodbury when we need him? <laughs> Why can I think about it? Um, um, Dave. Uh, uh, no, not Dave. Um, Tom. Tom Sharplin. Tom Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. The guy. That guy that. Uh, the guy that Marin likes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Tom Sharpling, uh, whose whose memoir I still need to read. Um, yeah, I mean, she's. I would say, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up the discussion of the album, uh, and well, and I also want to talk uh, that you could have been a Roosevelt is a great great yeah. song too. That's a highlight for me as well. The um, you're doomed doomed to be a Kennedy, but could have been a Roosevelt, or yeah. however that goes. Um, it's it's a it's a great fucking song, but. In general, I would say that Amy Mann as an artist, as a musician, as a songwriter, is one of the people that has done the best, um, you know, is, is, a, is a great example of somebody who has surrounded herself and collaborated with people who uh, just, who only help enhance her... Uh, like her vision, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the the other musicians playing on the albums or or the people d- directing the videos or uh, you know or you know the collaborations with with like Paul Thomas Anderson and uh, and things like that. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. So and she has tremendous in summation. Amy Mann, pretty cool chick. Yeah, <laughs> and. To have like, I mean, you'd think, just speaking from my own perspective, you would think like if, like after her, she believes in herself to know, in her craft, she knows she's a good songwriter. Right. If she didn't believe in, if we were, of course, effusing praise on her, mm-hmm. I and she didn't believe it, she believed in herself, we would have never gotten Bachelor number two. Mm-hmm. Um. I just admire that, that um, despite whatever, you know, she believes in herself and she's willing to take on projects like this. Yeah. Um, and one of these days, I think she's going to get on Broadway. Like, this is like the second failed attempt to do something. You know what? I would think that as far as I don't know if this necessarily to, failed, but COVID got in the way. It did. Well, and, and it's like, you know, it, it's, you know, listening to a number of, of, songwriters who have worked on on uh broadway collaborations before like i think elvis costello has done a couple of them mm-hmm. none of which have gotten on off the ground um you know the this amy mann one um a friend of mine kurt lipschutz who's been working on a chuck prophet musical that has been in development uh for years at this point and uh it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's obviously it's such a a, a crazy business. The but I would tricky, think man. I would think that she would be a great candidate for doing something like Springsteen has done. Oh yeah, I was yeah. Because I would watch that I, absolutely. I mean her her music, uh, well, her that's... her storytelling style lends itself so handily to that kind of. 
you know, presentation. But the thing is that, and this goes, go, I remember reading a, a while back, and I can't remember if it was an interview with Michael Penn or if it was with, with her, but um, they did a, a tour together that they brought comedians along with to do the between song banter because they both you know felt like they were so terrible at the between song banter that they brought like Patton Oswalt or David Cross or somebody to you know to talk between their songs for them <laughs> like that's you know that's a great idea and probably also means that there's very little chance of that Springsteen-esque kind of thing unless she decides she's going to write a memoir and then style I think uh, she's working on one, isn't you she? You think she is? I think she is. I haven't read anything about that. If I if thought she was case. mentioning that she was that she was that she was writing, maybe. You know, you should. Ch- I don't know if you came across it in your in your deep dive, but there the art the interview that she did for Paste. Um, I need to. Yeah, I need to check that one out because she cites what she was doing while she couldn't uh, listen to music and while she couldn't play music or watch, watch things, she talks about all the, you know, a lot of the books that she was reading. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, there are definitely some things that I took from that, that I want to go check out for myself now. Um, yeah, I just, um, she's been through a lot of shit. I mean, she's like last two decades, she's been through a lot of shit, but the last years we've all been through some shit, but God, she's been through some shit. I, it's, it's crazy. And I, this was the first time that I was hearing about, that the the nervous system disorder that yeah. she had. I mean, can you imagine the the kind of personal hell that would be if your entire existence, your life has been built on something that you can't do all of a sudden? Yeah. And like all of a sudden. Yeah. Like seriously, like, out of the blue. Yeah. That would be Yeah. I'm and I, you know, I'm. I find the story of that compelling from all sides too, because not only, not only living through that yourself, but then being the partner of somebody living through that as well, who's also a musician. Yeah, you know. Oh, Michael's playing guitar again. You know, I, I wish well, I could I'm, play guitar. I'm, I'm sure that they they have, uh, you know, a sort of studio setup where that's got to be pretty <laughs> well insulated. But yeah. you know, even just the little, the little piece of of their inner of you know their interaction about that that she reveals where she was talking about um asking michael penn to come in and check the speakers on her computer because they sounded you know the the sound sounded like she thought they were broken Mm -hmm. and he comes in and says no they're fine like even even that kind of you know you as the person who just is now realizing that there's something broken inside of you Mm. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird. It's We're talking about them as a couple, and it's so hard for me to believe that they're married because they don't talk about, and probably for good reason, they don't talk about their marriage. No, they, well, they both seem like very private people, yeah. only revealing things about themselves that they want. And the, to, you know. to compare them to, I say, your Nick Offerman and your Megan Mullally. Yeah. Where, like, like not an interview, I don't read, like, one interview where, like, Nick is like, Yes, I married the most beautiful woman, and you know, they're very much about publicly celebrating each other and their yeah. their relationship. Where I where it seems like mm-hmm. Penn and Man are, are much more private, but you know, 
if you look at the landscape of relationships in the entertainment industry, they've been it's since '97. Yeah, they've been together, so they're doing fine. Yeah, they, they know it's working. That's well over 20 years. I mean, that's that's astounding in the you know as far as relationships go in the entertainment industry. <laughs> they, they, right? they know what's they, they know what they're doing. I, I shouldn't I, we shouldn't comment so much no. on that. Um, but uh, I'm. Uh, that's that's why I'm looking for the Amy Man and my Michael Penn. Yeah, <laughs> got the black jeans, Romeo. Yep. And on that, I, I you know just to if it wasn't clear enough, I I, I feel <laughs> it like it wasn't clear enough. Jared is single. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, no, if it wasn't clear as enough based on our discussion of it. I think Queens of the Summer Hotel is absolutely a highlight of Amy Mann's career mm-hmm. and could not recommend that people listen to it more. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's the longest, I, I like Amy Mann, I, I'll always listen to her stuff, but it's been the first time in about a decade where I've been, like, been fully, like, immersed in an album like this. Mm-hmm. And And it's not to say that and for other albums, uh, there's been a lack of quality, but this one, I don't know. There's just this album is just amazing, um, yeah. and I, I still I don't think we've answered the question like why I I, I don't think I'm ever going to answer the question like why does this album speak you know why I like this album more than I like Mental Illness even though they're both kind of like the same maybe it's like that separation of the two. Well, but I, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like they are the same to, yeah. to me as somebody who's listened to both of them a lot. I, I don't yeah. think that they're the same. But um, well, no, way. they're not. But like, what makes this? What makes one so much more approachable than the other one? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, you got your obvious your obvious answers. Your little hanging fruit, like, well, one sounds like you know made for a, a Broadway. Um, for musical um one sounds like a back rack album mm-hmm. uh one where he talks about <laughs> one where hell david writes about mental illness <laughs> yeah um but and of course that well probably mean i have to i would have to listen to mental illness again which is not something i'm eager to do but i you know it's one i i would it, it's another one that i, I think is a, the... is a highlight of her career um i i really like that one a lot uh, and I think that, that, you know, as you being somebody who, who, who loves Amy Mann as much as I do, I think that you'll come around to it. Yeah. I don't think you have to force yeah, it. Yeah. It's At definitely point, not, you'll, you'll get to it. And it's definitely not because of quality or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's no charmer, <laughs> you know, it's probably better than charmer. And I like charmer. Like, I like them all. I just, well, and I think that this, <laughs> that this came up during the series I did on, on her discography is that they're definitely, while there are strengths to every Amy Mann album, there's definitely some bits there in the middle, I, I would say with Forgotten Arm and with Charmer, um, where there it's where it just, it, it sounds like an Amy Mann album by numbers almost in some cases. Yeah. Um, and that that's not to say that they're not good. It's just, they're not as good as, be, because when she has a great album, it's so great that you can just, you know, that it's difficult not to see the flaws in the ones that are not quite at that level. Yeah, you have to like, 
if there's any if there's anything that she's guilty of it's consistency right yeah <laughs> and and that, it's, damn you, know, you. <laughs> yeah it, it very rarely is that spoken of as something that's a a, a negative thing but yeah. some sometimes it it can be and so. maybe that's why this one stands out for me is because it doesn't sound it doesn't like this one is definitely an outlier mm-hmm. um and a beautiful outlier and i i just um yeah, check it out, um, and I'll, I'll buy you a ticket when Queens of the Summer Hotel finally reaches the station. <laughs> All right, so let's let's wind up with our recommendations. Um, you go ahead. All right, so I, I've got a couple. One is just is more of a casual recommendation than anything else. I, I have been listening to um, Chris Difford's podcast which is uh, called I Never Thought It Would Happen. Uh, I haven't seen it widely distributed on in the U.S. I'm listening to it on Spotify. I'm sure it's probably available on, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know where you might find it. Uh, it's, it's, it's Chris Difford, the lyricist of Squeeze, uh, having discussions with other songwriters. Uh, but... There's it's so the whole conceit of the show is that it is in uh, it's a co-production with a with an organization in the UK called um, I think it's called Help Musicians. Um, anyway, it's 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 a it's a charity organization that's been around for a century apparently that is built on the idea of of um, you know helping musicians do their job. <laughs> you know when it, they've apparently over over the course of of the various lockdowns in the UK over the pandemic, apparently they, they, um, they gave, you know, 17 million pounds to, uh, to struggling musicians over that time. So, uh, and, oh, there's the, there's the main discussion and then roughly, let's say halfway through the discussion, there's, um, a, like a, a, uh, just a, a brief, story from somebody who has been helped by that charity. Okay. Um, and the last one that I listened to, I think it was on this episode. I can't remember if it was on the Billy Bragg episode or the one before it. I think it was the one before the Billy Bragg episode. Um, but the, the, the person who told their story was the person who uh, helped invent the, uh, the, the gloves that Imogen Heap used in her, I don't know if you saw that Tiny Desk concert where she wore these gloves that she no. was able to play music with. She just like moved her fingers. And oh, wow. So this, the musician that helped develop them or became like famously associated with them, he su- uh, suffers from cerebral palsy. Um, and he felt that or his, uh, his ability to physically play instruments was degenerating. And, uh, and so these gloves, you know, then he was able to to play still. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a remarkable story, and to you know, there are other similarly touching stories about these musicians who had struggled over the period where they couldn't go out and play. Um, mixed in with these conversations, like the very first episode is uh, talk with Sting. Um, you and, mean the guy in, from Only Murders in the Building? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Guy. you might have you might have seen him on that. He's uh, some actor guy. Uh, 
I think he's in Dune. <laughs> he's in he's in Dune. He's in uh, yeah. He's in uh, Brimstone and Triacle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you know the guy from that. Uh, he was also in some band called The Police or something. The The Police. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Policia. <laughs> I know that. I know that indie band. <laughs> he was in that one. <laughs> something. He had, he had a, a hit song or two. Anyway, so <laughs> there, there. Because it's it's uh, these are all uh, songwriters that are based in the UK. There are some that I'm less familiar with than others. But, um, you know, the ones I, I had heard of uh, being Sting and Billy Bragg, um, KT Tunstall. Um, so there's only 14 episodes that are up right now. I think that's they're considering that the, the first season. But it's it's also, you know, it's it's Chris Difford has a very soothing English voice uh, <laughs> to kind of just hear him talking to talking shop with other songwriters is, is very interesting. Yeah. So does it get really inside baseball? It does actually. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very heavily inside baseball. Um, uh, Cause there are some, um, speaking of podcasts, I do recommend this one pass through frequencies with Jim Atkins. Mm, the guy he, from Jimmy Eat world. Yeah. Um, not, not to be clear, not the Jimmy from Jimmy Eat world. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh, from which the band gets its name, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Um, there are some episodes of that show where he can get really inside baseball. He's like, like Nate Roos um, from the format, um, some little band called Fun, mm-hmm. guy cover yeah, out with sure. this yeah. kind of person. Um, that was just really like, I couldn't follow it for shit because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so inside baseball. Um, this is, I, I don't think this is quite there. They do talk about craft a lot, but he's also interested in like the, how did you get to where you are, where, you know, what was your childhood like uh, yeah. when he's talking to, you know, especially the male musicians, he's the, that are close to age, close to his age. He taught, you know, one of his questions is, uh, so, you know, what were the, what were the posters on your wall? Uh, you know, oh, that, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I recommend that. And my other one, um, which I was, I've been reading this collection of stories by Haruki Murakami called Men Without Women. And there are some. You saw was, the title and you were like, yeah. Well, <laughs> I saw the title and I bought it. And then I was like, I'm not ready to read this. Um, <laughs> and then, sorry, I don't mean to. Yeah, keep, keep poking at that. Just really uh, just prod, the, I wound, mean, I prod mean to, the wound there. Really dig around. I yeah. don't mean to poke at the nest. Continue. Uh, so. But when I got to the last, the the eponymous story, uh, it's, I was just, one of the, you know, the thing is that, that you read Mirakami for the, the, just the fucking poetry of his writing. Mm-hmm. And I was missing some of that in this collection until I got, and this isn't the only, I want to stress, this is not the only uh, instance of this in the book. But it's definitely worth the price of admission for the whole rest of it. It's just the title story, uh, and I just to, just to give an example of 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 his writing in here. And again, you know, with with Mirakami, you're also at the mercy of whoever's translating him, mm-hmm. uh, because it, you know it's it's originally written in Japanese. But this this one paragraph. Um, Only men without women can comprehend how painful, how heartbreaking it is to become one. You lose that wonderful west wind. Fourteen is stolen away from you forever. A billion years should count as forever. 
the far-off, weary lament of the sailors, the bottom of the sea with the, I'm probably going to pronounce this incorrectly, with the Ammonites and, and uh, Colacants. Calling someone's house past 1 a.m., getting a call after 1 a.m. from a stranger, waiting for someone you don't know somewhere between knowledge and ignorance, tears falling on the dry road as you check the pressure of your tires. Yeah. That's uh, Men Without Women, Haruki Murakami. I uh, just, if you read nothing else, read that last story. Okay. Um, So my recommendation, are you ready? Yes. Um, Lay it on me, bro. Yeah, and uh, you already know. <laughs> well, no you already sif. know what it is because we talked about it off mic. Um, but um, when I was doing my deep dive uh, yesterday on all things Amy Mam, I went on a little side. I dug a little bit to the side, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I came across the tribute album, which her track one that opens the Magnolia soundtrack uh, comes from uh, on YouTube. So the name of this album is called For the Love of Harry. Everybody sings Nielsen, mm-hmm. um, which uh, we were talking about Nielsen earlier. So, I mean, obviously, it it ties things together. And not only... It's like a rug. Yeah. <laughs> it really ties... A really good rug. <laughs> it ties the room together. Yeah. Um, so there's... Um, this is May 95, back at the height of tribute albums. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. You know, you're... Although I'm really seeing that there's a second coming of the of uh, you know another golden era of tribute albums. Well, I mean, the, <laughs> I think emo killed the tribute album, and maybe it's coming back. Much like video killed the radio star. Yeah, <laughs> um, but this one um, was made in '95. It's um, it's the proceeds go to the coalition to stop gun violence, mm. um, but. I want to point out some of the people that are working on this. So um, you have the Amy Mann one, but you have Remember Christmas performed by Harry Newman. <laughs> um, you have um, Mark Cohn singing Turn On Your Radio. The one that kind of was weird for me, um, only because I didn't see it. Was it. Harry Newman? Randy Newman? Randy Newman. Randy, okay. You yeah, said Harry Rand- Newman. I meant, I, I meant, you must have misheard. I, I, Oh, There's sure. no hair. Yeah, I, I apologize for mis mishearing yeah. you saying, not saying Randy Newman. Oh, uh, okay. But you also have Marshall Crenshaw of all people. Oh, really? Doing what does he tackle? Don't forget me. Oh, I wonder um, how close to Billy uh, to uh, to Buddy Holly it sounds. Yeah, um, Adrian Ballou doing me and my arrow. Mm. Um, I um, thought Jellyfish covering Think About Your Troubles. Oh. Okay. Um, I think this would probably be Mark Bryan era, or uh, John Bryan era, uh, era jellyfish too mm. at this point. Um, but the highlight, uh, as we were discussing uh, <laughs> over breakfast this morning, Fred Schneider of the B-52s covering <laughs> Coconut. And if you're familiar with the B-52s mm-hmm. and what Fred Schneider brings to it, dear Put listener. Put the lime in the coconut. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Like... <laughs> is exactly as you think it would sound a little more you know definitely and a little more percussive Mm -hmm. um a lot of drums but is is the vocals are exactly as you imagine you put the lime in the coconut (laughs) well because fred schneider can only sound like fred schneider yeah uh, he is he is um he is definitely a one man he's a singular vocal talent yes so he, um, yeah, he's definitely 
uh, yeah, he's a singular vocal talent and is exactly as you imagined, but probably even better than you think it would be. <laughs> um, just as someone who appreciates drums and rhythm and um, it's, I, uh, so um, I recommend the album. It's, I found it on YouTube music. I'm sure you can find it on any other streaming system. And you're wondering to yourself, Hey, Jason, you're listening to YouTube music. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not thinking that to myself. So no. Um, so, I have two, I have a work computer and a, um, and a, my personal computer and I don't really want like my Apple shit on my work computer. Sure. So, um, I don't want Spotify on there either. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I found discover YouTube music, which is actually, um, I'm actually enjoying listening to that. Like, mind you, everything that picture me now, because I've been on quite the, post-punk terror mm-hmm. um is and, and amy man of course has been nothing but uh susie and the banshees <laughs> <laughs> the cure uh sure uh and um till tuesday and like all the um yeah and that's kind of how i discovered this too was like it this is like the recommendation it came up with this album like in my my mix the 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 harry nielsen Nil- the harry nielsen, nielsen yeah nielsen tribute um like it, instead of playing Magnolia, the track from Magnolia played this one instead. And went, Interesting. Oh, and we're like, what? Hmm. So it's it's a bit of a rare find. Um, I, I don't think it's that rare of a find, but um, if you like Harry Nielsen like I do, um, and you like Fred Schneider like I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where else are you going to hear that combination? Yeah, and you like Randy Newman and all these other great artists. Um it's it's definitely some interesting takes but i think um i think i even mentioned to you too was um like you have pure wolf covering your breaking my heart oh interesting (laughs) um but the one that i thought was kind of weird um and maybe it's not weird but um laverne baker um covering jump into the fire and sort of like this jazz r&b version of it and I mean, it's definitely unlike any other version I had before. I, I, I don't, I haven't listened to enough to say that I like it, mm-hmm. but I appreciate it. Um, it's definitely some different, you know, some different takes, but. Well, I, tribute albums are always a mixed bag. So Yeah. I, I um, and it's because I like the album so much and it's also so tied to, to Goodfellas and sure. uh, LCD sound system to me too that I, yeah. um, because that's a one that he covers frequent he covered frequently back in the heyday. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's that's my recommendation this week. It's uh, yeah, uh, so go check that out on your favorite streaming service, but YouTube Music. So right. So you had your pick for this episode, which was Amy Mann's uh, Queens of the Summer Hotel. Yeah. Our next episode is going to tackle my two favorite films of the year, which are Pig and The Power of the Dog. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, Jason, you're convinced that Pig is a glorified, edgy version of Babe Pig in the City. Yeah, you have to convince me. It's your job to convince convince you of shit. The movie itself has to convince you, because you're going to have to watch the film. Every description I've read is like, convince me that this is, uh, uh, seems like, Okay, so a pig gets kidnapped. So Nicolas Cage has to go into the city 
to retrieve Sam Pig, which is exactly how Babe and the Pig in the Sea works out. <sighs> Except, I mean, just to end with the Pierre Gabriel song at the end? No. No? No. Because that would be great. <laughs> no. You know how it ends. No, I don't I've t- know I've t- how. I've t- I've t- well, I mean, you know what song it ends with, because we discussed it before. Oh, yeah, yeah. It ends with the, a great cover of I'm on Fire. Yeah, that's right. Um, but like, like, as far as I can tell, it's like, so it's this edgy version of Bay Pig in the Sea. I, this is the and first, of, you know, you tell me that, and this is the first I'm hearing of it. That never even entered my mind. I've seen the film twice now. Uh, Baby Pig in the Sea, you should watch it. I've never often. seen it once. I haven't seen, <laughs> I don't think I've seen a Babe film. No. It's, Dude, what are you doing with your life? Apparently not watching films with pigs for the most part, except for the, the, the <laughs> one... Uh, you know, so anyway, the power of the dog is on Netflix. Pig is on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to not have those things spoiled for you, if you haven't already seen them, that's where you can go see them now. So go do that. I, 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 animal Oscar bait. That's what we're, that's what we're covering this (laughs) in two weeks is animal Oscar bait. I, 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 I still think so. I one of the because I loved the power of the dog so much is that's why I went and rewatched Pig because Pig the entire year and I think that film came out like in January uh, or not early on in the year for sure. It might have been no, actually I think it was in this. Anyway, doesn't matter. It came out much earlier this year uh, and I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theater. So I went ahead and rewatched it and I it. It, it's just as powerful and devastating to me the second time through uh, as it was the first time. So that has retained its number one spot. But to really learn why, if you're curious, uh, then it's it'll be uh, it'll be our next episode in in, in two weeks. It'll be yeah. Pig and the Power of the Dog. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely interested in the latter, and I'm mildly curious about it's, the farmer. It's a pretty intense film. The power of the dog. I mean, both of them are pretty intense, but the power of the dog is 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 it's really something. It's a beautiful film. Yeah, um, you you'd have to you'd be hard pressed for me to find a Jane Campion movie that is not true intense and yeah, visually yeah. stunning. Yeah. Anyway, so look forward to that. And until then, with your with your friend Bandit, <laughs> oh yeah, old Benny. Yeah. Oh, do you talk about the other biopic? I'm the um, pokey to his cumbie. <laughs> But I'm curious. Did you come talk? On, come on, let's 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 uh, let's relish that for just a moment. I, okay, okay. Cumby and Pokey. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I got. I got. <laughs> I'm very. I, I just wanted you, to, you, to sit in that one for a moment because I'm very. Proud I don't want to sit. You're trying too hard. But did, did he talk about that biopic movie he did about the cat person? Yes, he talks about that as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the the electrical life of Louis Wayne. Yeah, I saw the preview to that, and I, I am definitely peaked. I it's it's really good too. I mean, it's it's I think it's just outside the top five for me right now um, for the year, and that's so. Marin had because uh, one of the reasons I watched um, the Power of the Dog the, the day it landed on Netflix was because he had said that there was a spoilery part of the of the interview where they talked about it. So I made sure to watch it before that, but, okay. Um, but I'm glad that I did. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, until then, until then, keep it, keep it mental plot of peeps. Yeah. Dude, you're taking my line. (laughs) 
Mental Platypus is a production of Hoot and Waddle, producing fun arts and culture podcasts and publishing works of experimental literature since 2016. To learn more about Hoot and Waddle, please visit hootandwaddle.com. To learn how you can help support and sustain Hoot and Waddle, please visit patreon.com forward slash hootandwaddle.